Whether you're a writer of books or songs or a reader of books and a listener to songs, you're going to really enjoy these interviews with some of our leading songwriters and authors. I certainly enjoyed conducting them. My name is Sophie Green and I am your host. Ali Lowe is the author of two best-selling thrillers, The Trivia Night and her latest book, The Running Club. And I do have to issue a warning about Ali's writing. It is addictive. So if you start reading one of her books, you are going to want to continue and possibly put aside everything else you're doing. Ali has also been a journalist for 20 years, writing for bridal magazines, parenting titles, websites and newspapers in London and then Australia after she moved to Sydney 14 years ago on a trip that was meant to last a year. And we're very happy to have her. Hello, Ali. Hi, how are you? That bio, oh gosh, it's actually 17 years now. Please <laughs> update my bio. I'm really sorry. But um, but yeah, 17 years ago. It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, crazy. Well, it's um your your books are set here, so um so you're definitely a local. And I'm gonna start with the most recent, the running club, and ask you where the idea for it came from. Well, it was during COVID, basically. I went down to the local um, park. We have a park at the end of our road, which is basically like a big kind of, you know, playing field area with a concrete path all the way around it. And in COVID, I went down there with my son and just watched a group of runners just like pounding the pavement, looking actually quite miserable, which we all kind of did during COVID, right? (laughs) Um, But I, I just kept staring at them thinking, I wonder how they all know each other. They're all in the same outfit. And I was thinking, gosh, do they actually like one another? Or is the one at the back having a fling with the one in the middle? You know, what's going on? And and I just couldn't shake this idea. And I came back and I said to my husband, there's something about a group of runners that, you know, there's a running club and there's a, you know, there's a path that's not lit properly at night and you know and something's going to happen there and and I just couldn't shake it and and the idea sort of like continued from there. Did you have that idea after the idea for the trivia night or overlapping or while you were working on the trivia night? Uh, No I'd written the trivia night by that point Mm -hmm. because I got my book deal for the trivia night at the beginning of COVID so March 2020 and then um, and then this one came um, yeah just as uh, during COVID as I'd I'd, I'd written and sent off the first one and I was kind of planning you know what am I going to do for the second and it kind of appeared so yeah it was very good. And from the start of your books, we are immediately hooked into the action, but also into the characters. And so I'd actually like to start with the characters uh, rather than your pacing. Do you do a lot of development work on the characters before you begin writing? Um, I always start with a main character, but really it's the characters that kind of take on a life of their own. And then the, the story seems to follow them. Um, so I always have a main and then I have, you know, I have my kind of four women, really. That's how I seem to have structured it so far. And then um, and kind of develop the first one of those and then the others become involved and then the plot line comes from there. I mean, with The Running Club, I did know I did have the character of Shelby, but she wasn't the one I started writing first, strangely. But I knew what, you know, how she was going to progress as the book went. But really, that was all. I just sat down with my at my computer and I, I kind of went for it and the characters unfolded from there. Do you find that as you're going through your drafting, you have to refine what you know about the characters earlier on? Like it seems like you discover things as you go on or are they pretty much as they come to you at the start? Um, absolutely. They they become sort of fuller and, you know, they they develop kind of character quirks. And I, I'm not a planner, so I do start my stories with characters that are a certain way and then they might change halfway through and I have to go back and and go, oh, actually, no, I'd said this about her or I'd, I'd said that, you know, I'd said her eyes were blue at the beginning and then now she's very much a person with brown eyes, you know. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, just a ter- I'm just terrible at planning, basically, and that goes for characters and plot. So everything kind of develops and I have to try and keep a score in my 
head of of what I've said about people and and what they're like and I don't know they do tend to sort of it's like a snowball effect really you know they they seem to become fuller as I get through the novel and then I have to go back and embellish them a bit but by the end I do really feel like I know them and and you know some of them I like some of them I don't but you know as as you would know yourself when you say goodbye to them you, you're sometimes quite bereft so yes yeah when the, when the pages go off for the last time it is a bit it's a bit of a sad moment but it's interesting yeah. you were saying oh that you're terrible at planning because I do think it's just you know everyone does things differently so planning suits some people it doesn't suit other people if you tried to make yourself plan it wouldn't work so therefore it's not the right thing for you and clearly whatever you're doing is working oh thank you well I think there is a lot of sort of um stopping and starting there is a lot of you know losing 20,000 words here and there and, and rewriting that's the problem with not planning but um, but I do kind of find that um, if I'm not planning, then I'm able to, you know, if I'm, I'm, I've got a thriller and I've got a death, if I'm not planning, then I'm going along making every suspect, you know, every character a credible suspect. And right. that kind of really helps. I think if I plan too much, I would find it really hard to get my red herrings in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, have you ever changed who the villain is as you're writing? Like you thought it was going to be one person and then it turned out to be someone oh. else? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I got to sort of um, three quarters of the way through the running club and I said to my husband, now, who's actually going to have done it? I, I, I just <laughs> actually don't know. And I sort of gave him a list and I said, do you think it was this person? Do you think it was this person? Or do you think it was these people together? Or do you think it was her, him? You know, we went through everybody and um, eventually we settled on, oh, yes, now that's right. That's 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 who done it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't have a clue. And then I kind of wrote the second half, you know, or the second, you know, the last third or whatever, knowing who it was and, and planning it out that way. But, I, but yeah, no, I didn't have a clue. I guess that also keeps it interesting for you. It's like it's, you're discovering it at the same time as the reader is. Like a box of chocolates. What's going yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it does mean that, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm making it sound easy, but it's really not. And I think that, you know, I can make a lot of errors doing it this way. And like I said, I can lose a lot of words in the process. Whereas if I was a planner, I would probably actually, you know, the, the thing would, the process would be probably a bit more streamlined. Um, well, I hate to break it to you, but I'm a planner and I still lose a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's that just half of the a lot better. <laughs> like tens of thousands of them have to go. Um, but something else that you make look really easy, but I know it is not easy, is to hook the reader in from the start. Because when we start your stories, we are right in it. And it almost like we've walked into the middle of a scene, which I guess we have, but you write it that way as well. So I'm wondering in terms of your craft, whether you just instinctually write an opening scene as you see it and you don't touch it much or is it actually something you've honed over drafting to, to oh, get that finesse in the scene? Well, with the trivia night, I did rewrite the first chapter about a million times. Um, but then I put a prologue in and I think the, for, for my first two books, I'd, I've got a prologue in the third actually, but not in the fourth. So, but I, I've liked the prologue, you know, for the fact that it gives a bit of drama and it gives you a taste of what's going to happen. And I think that is always a really good hook. Mm -hmm. uh, to get someone in but um but the prologue for the running club I think was written later on in the piece so I started out with the first chapter and then I went back to the prologue 
Um, and actually the same with the trivia night, because I, I wrote and rewrote and rewrote that first chapter of the trivia night before I went on with the book until my tutor um, on the course I was doing basically said, no, just write all the way through, just write through the book and don't worry about that because you will lose it. And I did ultimately end up using, sorry, losing it at the end. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it, I think writing that first scene is always, it's pivotal, isn't it? But, um, but for me, it's, it's never just straight on the page and, and you know the way it ends up in the book there's always a lot of rehashing of that one especially because in some ways it's the most important yeah and it, well and it is so effective as I said to hook us right in because as I mentioned it's addictive and it's addictive from oh. the start because we just want to find out what happens and it's the pacing is also great and I'm wondering too if that's something that you go back and forth on or if you if it's part of the rewriting process or whatever you think it's too slow it's too fast and you change your mind about it or if it is something where you tend to follow your instincts um I think it is an instinctual thing for me with with pacing but I think that it really helps that I was a newspaper and magazine journalist so you know in newspapers you'd perhaps have a story that on you know if you had five hours to write you'd spend five thousand words on but you don't you have half an hour to write it so you have to get the bones of the story into 600 words and you have to get it done in an hour and and I think that's kind of really helped me kind of almost to structure a story but you know obviously novels are a lot longer but I I do quite I am a fan of paciness I, I don't like too much of a you know too much waffle so I do try and make it like that I mean sometimes I do have to slow myself down mm-hmm. and I know that in my edits my my editors come back sometimes and said hold on slow down can we have some description in here or can we have a bit more description can we have a bit more characterization because I do tend to go like a kind of you know a rat up a drain pipe really <laughs> and try and get this fast pacey thing out and I do need to slow down um but I do think in terms of you know having um a pacey storyline that my background has helped for sure is there anything you had to unlearn from journalism because obviously you know the structure of the story as you said is is great from journalism but then the long arc of a novel I'm wondering if between those forms you thought okay I can't I can't do what I'm used to doing well I did a course to learn how to do it because um you know I was really used to that kind of concise writing and did find it hard to be descriptive so I did kind of have to learn to you know write a scene that was 600 words and a whole book that was 600 you know I had to learn to kind of spread out my scenes and yeah I still do do struggle with that but um is there anything else I had to unlearn? Um, I suppose I, I had to learn characterization because you don't do much of that in a, you know, and, and learn to, you're factual in newspapers, right? So, um, you know, you don't use characterization so much and you, and you don't use your imagination. So those were things I had to kind of you know, let go with and, you know, and just, you know, go with the flow, basically. Yeah. Were you reading quite a few thrillers before you started writing The Trivia Night? Well, I've always read thrillers, so I've, it's always been the genre that I love. So I've always read, I don't know, like my favourite books, Daphne du Maurier, Rebecca, you know, so I, I always loved Rebecca. I grew up reading Agatha Christie books, you know, Ruth Rendell, all this kind of stuff. You, it was, that was one of my questions for later, isn't it? I've still <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, I, I grew up with all those things. So writing in this genre was definitely something that was, you know, if, if I was ever going to write a book, it was going to be in this genre. And these are still the books I love to read. So I love reading, you know, B.M. Carroll books and Michael Robotham and Sally Hepworth, who's, you know, she's domestic noir, but she ha- always has the thriller aspect. And, mm. you know, um, I, I just love books like that. So it was always going to be the genre that was going to attract me, I guess. 
Well, yes, I was going to ask a question about writing yeah, emails. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and look, I did it to you because I asked you what else you'd been reading. Um, but I think it's it's you know it's always the case that that the best research is is reading, and if writers want to write in a particular genre, the best thing they can do is read in that genre. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so but I do read you- in other genres. Like I do love um, you know I love Maggie O'Farrell. I've just read Pip Williams's second book. I've just read Homecoming by Kate Morton. You know, I do read in other genres, but if I want something, you know, that's that's pacey and, you know, addictive and, you know, something's going to feed my addiction, you know, I, I will definitely pick up a crime thriller nine times out of ten. Uh, so was The Trivia Night your first ever novel manuscript? Yeah, yeah, it was. So I did a course um, and so I did the Faber writing a novel course and that was over six months in two parts. And I um, I just started writing. I had the idea about two weeks before I started the course and I wrote wrote the book during the course and um, in the sort of six months afterwards. Yeah. And then I um, it got picked up pretty much straight away by my agent in London. And then it was sold um, to Hodder about 12 weeks later, I think it was. So, yeah, it was it, you know, it's a dream come true and it's really naff to say that isn't it but um it's been amazing well and also you know you had an apprenticeship really by all those through all those years of journalism it was a writing apprenticeship and a storytelling apprenticeship it was yes a different form of writing but as you said learning how to structure a story and also interviewing people which I imagine you did in the course of being a journalist helps with characterization <laughs> sorry was it? a lot of research you know. yeah, yeah yeah all of that so it's so while the trivia night is your first novel I do think all that came before um takes the form of the apprenticeship me to this point <laughs> yes <laughs> um and now that you well you've had the trivia night picked up uh, that was picked up pretty quickly, but you've kept a cracking pace since because Running Club came out a year later. As you mentioned, you have book three and book four. So you're on a book a year trajectory, yeah. the sound of it. Was it a, a tricky adjustment, though, between doing the Writing Club, sorry, doing the Trivia Night and thinking, I don't know when, if this will get published, I have time, to then turning around and having to do the Running Club pretty quickly? Well, I started straight away. And when I got my book deal in 2020, I had two years before the um, the trivia night came out. So it didn't come out till Feb 22. So I had two years to kind of write another book. And I did the second book. And then I was kind of already thinking about the third. And I kind of was tinkering around a bit. So I kind of had a couple of years to get a bit of a head start. Um, but now I seem to have found myself in the situation where I'm kind of writing a new novel between August and kind of January, you know, knocking out the bare bones of it. And then sort of, you know, at the beginning of the new year, editing the one before, promoting the one that I'm promoting, and then going back and forth with edits and then kind of almost having a bit of a clear six month run again from August to January to, to write. So mm-hmm. it's kind of followed that kind of you know trajectory at the moment but who knows it might it might change but it seems to be it seems to be working I, you know I feel okay about it <laughs> it's not it's been okay um but I, I do find that it's a bit of an escape from um from family life and kind of domestic life sitting at the computer I do absolutely love it and it is my passion so I've been very lucky that that I'm that I'm able to do it and that I've got the time to do it uh, when you're writing a new story but promoting the previous one, do you feel like you're almost changing gears in a manual car, going between one book and another? 
Yeah, actually, when we were talking earlier and you were asking me about prologues, I was thinking, God, did the third one have a prologue? I can't actually, I'm just editing it at the moment, but I can't remember. And how did the running club start again? You know, so yeah, it, oh, you know how it is. So it's kind of, you know, you're kind of juggling and you're thinking, oh, I always get my names mixed up, but I've realized that I have a Luella, an Estella, and a Morella. Um, for some reason, I love my Ella names. So I, God knows how I'm going to, um, you know, when I'm promoting the next one. Um, work out who I'm talking about but but anyway <laughs> I could totally relate I had a, a character's name in one um, manuscript and it went the whole way through and then I thought pretty sure I had that name two two novels ago and I, I had <laughs> did anyone pick you up on it did you have to change I, it I did I just changed it but no one no one remarked on it I just it occurred to me after I'd been through you know the first structural edit and I thought oh okay well no one else has noticed, but now I know that I can't leave it. You obviously really like that name, right? <laughs> it was my grandfather's name. I think that was, I kept thinking of oh, the character know. after my grandfather and then yeah. anyway. <laughs> now. now, some writers have a standard writing process. They've got a magic mug or something like that. Do you have anything structured like that or because of household or life, you're fitting it in when you can? Uh, well, I, I have this. This is my writing mascot. This oh. is my cat. And he's always on my lap when I'm writing because I always sit cross-legged on my chair and he's always there. So he's a bit of a lucky writing mascot. Um, and, but I always have to have a coffee, always in the morning. And I'm, I'm a morning writer. I find it really hard to write in the evening. So I will have a mug of coffee. I will have the cat on my lap and the kids will be dispatched to school and I'll write as much as I can between nine and three. Um, you know, break for lunch. And but I'm kind of used to that newspaper environment where you're you're writing for seven hours at a time. And you you, you kind of, uh, you know, I think that's given me quite a good concentration span. So I'm quite able to, to do those long, long, you know, stints. But then sometimes I'll get to the point where I've done three of those in a row. And I'll be like, I can't do it anymore this week. I, I just can't. I'm, I'm brain dead. I'm fried. So don't tend to get fried in small amounts of time. But after a few days I'm fried and I have had enough so um so yeah it, there's no kind of ritual to it really it's just sit down get as much as I can done and um yeah have that mug of coffee and then yes I think it's it's almost like a high tide mark rising I think it was like that's it yeah the tide, yeah. The tide is way up I can't do anymore right. I'm going to the mall instead I'm going okay. to the gym no <laughs> yeah um I suppose for you, writing really began when you were a journalist. So, um, so in asking if I ask you for a tip for someone who's thinking of writing for the first time, I actually wonder whether it's a tip from when you began journalism rather than began writing fiction. Um, I would actually say that it would be um, do a writing course. Um, yeah, and I'd say that to anyone who was, you know, well, I'd say if you wanted to become a journalist, I would say um, get work experience, but it's harder to do that as that, you know, when you're wanting to write a book. So um, I'd say do a writing course, learn the craft, learn, you know, how to write scenes, learn about character arts, narrative arts, you know, um, uh, description, it, you know, it, it's it's definitely worth it. And, and you meet a lot of people in the course of doing something like that, that can help you along your way. So yeah, very useful. And uh, what's the best writing advice you've ever, ever been given? It probably came in the course. Um, I, it was the piece of advice that I mentioned earlier on, right to the end. So if you are starting a novel, don't do what I did at the start of the trivia night. And that is write the first chapter 25,000 times, um, you know, in different voices. Just write, get your story down. And then when you've got your story down, down, go back to the front and say, right, okay, now how would this character act? Because if you're like me and you don't know anything about your characters, really, when you start, you know, they're going to be very different people at the end of the book anyway. So 
you know, just get the bare bones of the story down and then go back and embellish because then you've got a book to work with. That would be my number one tip. And yes, I learned that on the course. Yeah. Um, now you did mention future books. So I'm wondering if there's anything you can tell us about book three at all. Yes. So the book three is called The School Run. And it was inspired by me kind of doing high school applications for my son Um, and also the kind of admission scandal in the US with, um, you know, people fighting to get children into school. So it's basically about um, a a group of women who are very keen for their their sons to get into a private school. There's a bit of competition between them to get to get them over the line. And the competition does ultimately turn deadly. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which, uh, yeah that school admission scandal was wild in a lot of ways and so yes great fodder um well great fodder for inspiration because as far as we know there were no deaths involved but yeah, I can yeah. totally see how your brain went to that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's quite often news stories that kind of you know that sparked my imagination but also things I'm going through so I had kids at primary school when I wrote the trivia night you know I was it was my local park that inspired the running club um I might add there was no swinging involved at my local primary school when I wrote the trivia night um but yeah and now you know it's high school application so uh, whatever the next one will be we'll probably have some sort of loose uh, <laughs> you know link to where I'm at in my in my life or with my children but we'll see so you obviously keep your eyes and ears open for ideas and inspiration. Are you someone who makes notes of things as you go and you might have a whole collection of ideas and, and it's only the ones that bubble to the surface that get written? Um, I always send things to my iPhone, so to my notes, basically. So if I'm reading a news story, I'll forward it to my notes or an an anecdote. My friend told me a really funny anecdote um, the other day and I put it in my notes and I thought, right, I'm definitely going to use that. So I do and names, everything goes into my notes. But um, at the moment, I'm really, you know, I'm I'm going through all my notes and trying to work out what I might start um, book five on. Um, (laughs) uh, And I don't have a clue. So if anyone's got any ideas, give me a shout <laughs> I'm sure you all have ideas said. <laughs> now because this is a podcast covering books and music I'm wondering if you have a favorite musical artist or song or album or anything you'd like to share with us well I kind of flip and flop with music so I'll listen to anything and it's usually something the kids have got on so the kids are listening to Sam Smith in the car at the moment so I'm quite liking Sam Smith but we I also took my daughter to see Ed Sheeran um, when he was in Sydney and I absolutely loved it and listened to Ed for about you know six weeks afterwards so I'd have to say Ed at the moment but I will listen to anything um you know if I need a warble it might even be Whitney Houston you know but um it can be anything but at the moment I'll say Ed well I think it's a very good choice um and Ali I can't wait to read book three so I hope that's coming up at some point very soon um and also book four and book five thank you so much for your time talking about writing oh thanks for having me Thanks for listening to the Writing Books and Music podcast. If you'd like to know more about the writer you've just listened to, please go to the show notes.